Welcome to Matt Noel Ministries Sermon Podcast. Feel free to download these sermons and share them with your friends and family. Thanks for listening. God bless. There are, there are a lot of... Uh, how many of you like the Hallmark Christmas movies? Come on, be honest. Don't lie, gentlemen. Be honest. I enjoy them because I get free snuggles with my wife. So it's, I'll watch the Christmas movies because I get snuggles and coffee and some popcorn and stuff. But I enjoy, um, I enjoy some Hallmark Christmas movies. My parents like them a little too much. Um, but there's a whole bunch of them, right? There's hundreds and hundreds of them. And every year they make them more, new, hundreds and hundreds. And they're all the same, right? They're all the same. Boy meets girl. Girl's trying to close a deal at work. Boy lives on a farm. He's like a redneck. She gets snowed in somehow at his farmhouse, and then they fall in love, you know, because they're snowed in, and next thing you know, they're married and living happily ever after. That's just how it goes. There's always a deal to close, right? Should I close the business deal? It's so crazy, but yet we watch them still. My son can't stand them, I'll say that. But there's ones like, there's Christmas movies called Christmas Wishes and Mistletoe Kisses, Christmas Scavenger Hunt, A Christmas Duet. Uh, Christmas Club, Christmas at Graceland, I think that's Elvis Presley right there, Uh, Christmas Inn, uh, Right Before Christmas, Christmas at the Plaza, Christmas in Rome, Uh, Christmas Love Story, Christmas at Dollywood, (laughs) haven't seen that one, I'm guessing Dolly Parton might be in that one, I don't know, Christmas in Evergreen, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas, and on and on and on. But I bet you there's no Christmas movies called Christmas Warfare. Although there could be, especially when families get together, they could make a movie like that called Christmas Warfare. But that is the title of my message this morning. And uh, it's, uh, I, in studying and preparing for this sermon, I was reading through the Christmas story in, in the book of Matthew chapter 1 and chapter 2. And it's amazing that Christmas is filled with joy and love and peace and all that, which is so true. But there's also like spiritual warfare in the Christmas story. We find it's incredible. And so we're going to look briefly at that. Um, But before we get started here, um, and this leads into my message, I promise you, we don't have any pictures either, do we? Ah, tomorrow's my 18th wedding anniversary. And you guys... You guys were going to see some old school pictures of when I proposed to my beautiful wife. Maybe she prayed and the Lord answered her prayer, who knows. But I'm looking at it right now, and it's actually the picture of me looking like an old boy band here. I, wa- I wanted to show some people here. But uh, no, don't worry about it. It's fine. I'll show you another time. But we did have those prepared. But um, we got mar- uh, I, enga- I proposed to my wife uh, at Easter time in 2001. And I was going to show you a picture of this because we still have it. I took the photo this morning, but I, I uh, got Zares to make me a cake. And I had the Zares lady write on there in icing, will you marry me? And with a question mark. And, uh, and so that, uh, that su- a Sunday afternoon at Easter time, uh, we had lunch together. And then um, she went away somewhere else. And, and when she was out of the, the room, the kitchen area there, I got on my knee and I had this cake opened up that said, will you marry me? And she came back in the room and did the whole like, oh, that's how I propose. Yeah, that's how I propose. And she said yes, obviously. And I'm grateful that she did. But I had a piece of cake. It's still in my freezer at home. Uh, it shrunk about three inches uh, in, in depth. And um, I, I'm still tempted to eat it one day. Maybe on our 20th anniversary, we'll, we'll dive into that thing. But, um, 
the will you marry me part is still on there. And you would have seen pictures of us on our wedding day. She looked fantastic. I don't know what she was thinking when she married me, but praise the Lord, I received it. We have the ring, so no turning back now, honey. So that's good. But saying all that, if, if a few months after I proposed to her and she agreed and then we, had, we started planning our, our wedding, uh, if a few months went by and I started to realize that her stomach was starting to get big and it turned out that she ended up being pregnant and she's my fiance and I know full well the baby's not mine, I'm not going to be too happy and every gentleman said, amen. I'm going to have some suspicion. I'm going to start to wonder, what's up, girl? Like, we're supposed to be getting married, and you're pregnant? And truth be told, I would be pulling that ring off of her finger, putting it back to the jeweler that I bought it, getting my money back, and saying, see you later. That's what I would be doing. Okay? And we find this type of drama in the Christmas story. And so we read, if you have your Bibles, we read in Matthew chapter 1. We're going to start at verse 18. It says, this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. And so as he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, and he will save his people from their sins. And all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child, she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And then Joseph woke up, and he did as the angel of the Lord commanded, and he took Mary as his wife. So what seemed to be for Joseph, his wife was unfaithful. She committed adultery, or his wife-to-be was unfaithful. He is now suffering a broken heart. Their relationship is in ruins, and sin of the flesh has unfolded. What seemed to be those things was actually a work of God. But yet it seemed to be horrible. It seemed to be sinful. It seemed to be like she stabbed him in the back. But the Holy Spirit was fulfilling prophecy spoken 700 years prior. God was working in this, what seemed to be, horrible situation. Because as the scriptures say, Mary was a virgin, which means this is an impossibility. There's no possible way that she could be pregnant. And you can imagine being Joseph trying to wrap this around your brain. Even though God said, take Mary as your wife, this is of the Lord. Could you still imagine, gentlemen, the thoughts racing through your mind? How can I believe this? This is impossible. I'm supposed to believe that God impregnated my wife by the Holy Spirit? And you could imagine what would be going through Joseph's mind. 
But again, it says, before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes when God works the works that he needs to do, our natural understanding doesn't get it. It baffles our mind. We can't naturally in this world, in our understanding, we don't understand it. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 says this, The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. And he's not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The natural man, apart from being filled with the Holy Spirit, given the grace of God, having the Spirit of the Lord living inside of us, apart from that, the natural man, we can't understand the things of the Spirit. It's too deep for us. It's too great for us, is what we learn in the Scripture. Our flesh, our natural mind, our humanness is opposed to the work of the Holy Spirit. We don't understand it. And even sometimes, say in a setting like this, when the Holy Spirit begins to move, and it's the genuine moving of the Spirit, not the man-manufactured moving of the Spirit. You know what I'm talking about? When man tries to stir things up, we've all, I'm sure, have seen that. But when, even when the Holy Spirit begins to move, and people are falling under conviction of the Spirit, or power of the Spirit, or people are being healed, or whatever it might be. Even then, when God is moving, our nat- you can feel your natural self getting a little bit fearful, a little bit unsure. Am I alone in that? It's because our natural doesn't understand the supernatural and the work of the Holy Spirit. And that's what Joseph is wrestling with in this account. We see his reaction in his flesh. In verse 19, he says, it says, Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man, and he didn't want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. So he, he was going to handle this differently than I would have handled it. I would have ripped the ring off, got in my car, peeled out of there, left some burn marks, and said, see you, lady, I'm out of here. But Joseph didn't want to disgrace Mary. You see, she, she committed a horrible sin where in the Old Covenant, the adulterers were to be stoned. And, and Joseph knew this, and Joseph knew the shame that was going to be put on Mary, the woman that he loved. And so he had, but he's like, I can't stay with her. She's been unfaithful to me. So he's, he's sitting there. He's a good man. He's a man of integrity, I'm sure. He's a good man, the Bible says. And he doesn't want to just blow her off and make her feel embarrassed and ashamed. He wants to end this in a respectful, loving way because he loved her, but it's not going to work because she's been unfaithful is what he, he, he can see. He's angry, I'm sure. He's brokenhearted. He feels betrayed. He's confused. He needs God. Joseph came to this place in his life where he needed God. What am I supposed to do here? He needed some understanding. He needed some answers, and God speaks into his situation. Don't you love when you're in a desperate place of uncertainty, and you're feeling betrayed maybe, or just like a train wreck? And don't you love when God enters into your situation? And so God comes and speaks into his situation. It says in verse 20, And as Joseph considered leaving Mary... The angel of the Lord appears to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel says, 
Don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, and he will save his people from their sins. So God came to meet Joseph right where he was needing him, and he began to speak into the situation, and what seemed sinful was actually God going to save people from their sin. She didn't commit adultery. She was conceived in a supernatural, out of this natural world, a miracle unfolded where the Holy Spirit of God, the invisible Holy Spirit of God, performed a miracle and put the baby Jesus in the womb of Mary, not that she sinned as an adulteress, but so that he, Jesus, could be born the perfect Son of God to save the world from sin. What seemed to be a selfish act of sinful flesh on Mary's part was actually a supernatural, powerful, miraculous work of the Spirit of God. And sometimes our flesh does not like what the Spirit is doing. Sometimes we don't like what the Spirit is speaking. Sometimes we don't like in our flesh the Holy Spirit's leading. So, sometimes we don't like what the Spirit is doing. We talked about this already. Sometimes we can feel uncomfortable. Sometimes the, the, what the Holy Spirit is at work doing, it involves waiting. Do you enjoy waiting? Like me, a big fat no? <laughs> give, me, give me the answer now, Lord. I think I saw Brittany nodding her head there. Yes, Lord, now, right? That'd be good. We don't like waiting to see what God is doing. It involves our total trust. Our emotions might be going nuts. We might be battling through our feelings and our thoughts and all of these things, trying to process what is God doing in my life, and it involves total and complete trust in the Lord, even against the thoughts racing in our mind. Galatians chapter 5, verse 17 says, For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is what is contrary to the flesh they are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want the bible tells us that the feelings of our flesh the works of our flesh are in complete opposite con they're in co uh, contradiction in opposition to the spirit that which the Holy Spirit is trying to do in you and through you, and he's prompting you to do, you feel that prompting from the Holy Spirit, your flesh is going to just want to go out in opposition. You know? Tell that person about Jesus. I don't want to. I'm scared. Tell, you what, tell your wife you love her. I'm mad. She made me roast beef, and I wanted chicken. What, those are silly examples, but you know what I mean. Go there. The Holy Spirit says, don't go there. Well, I want to, my wretched flesh says. Well, don't go there. Right? It's, it's in opposition of what the Lord is doing. So the Holy Spirit wants to do something, but your flesh wants to do something else. Sometimes we don't like what the Holy Spirit is speaking or saying to us. Like me, there's been times where I felt God really t stirring in something within me to, to do or to uh, someplace to go or something to start or something, but I didn't like what God was saying, and so you try to resist that. I know Pastor Jim Symbol of the Brooklyn Tabernacle, a wonderful church in Brooklyn, 
when God was first calling him into the ministry, he was a businessman, and he didn't want to get into the ministry. It wasn't what he was expecting, but he couldn't ignore the voice of the Holy Spirit, but he tried. He said he would turn the radio as loud as he could. He tried to ignore. He didn't like what he was hearing God say to him, and finally he gave in because the Holy Spirit's stronger, just an FYI, amen, and he'll keep speaking. As long as you're listening, he's going to keep speaking to you. He's going to keep talking to you, right? But sometimes we don't like it. Isaiah 30, 21 says that your ears shall hear a word behind you saying that this is the way. Walk in it wherever you turn to the right or whenever you turn to the left. That talks of how the Holy Spirit was leading Israel. The Holy Spirit wants to lead God's people. And he will say, no, 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 don't go that way. Don't make that choice. Don't walk in that way. Go this way. This is the way. Walk in this way. Amen? Sometimes we don't like the leading of the Lord. John 16, verse 13 says, However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, the spirit will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you of things to come. The Holy Spirit wants to lead you and guide you forward. That's part of why he came. Jesus sent him, and Jesus said when he comes, he will lead you into truth. And sometimes we don't see the big picture, right? We feel God leading us in a certain direction, and we're just not sure of what the Holy Spirit is doing here in our lives, and we don't have all the ducks lined up in, the row, in a row like we would like to have. We don't see where it's going to lead or the, the final destination, but we need to follow his voice. We need to follow his leading because the Holy Spirit is at work, much like he was in Joseph and Mary in this miracle of Jesus. Our flesh and our spirit truly are at war with one another. Warfare, it's a struggle. It's a constant battle. That's what warfare, warfare is. Have you experienced that before? Constant spiritual battle. It's a struggle. It's a fight. It's like a wrestling match, right? In Ephesians 6, it talks about how we don't wrestle against people. We wrestle against spirits. And whether you're young or old, if you are a follower of Jesus, you will have to wrestle. Ingrid, you're going to have to wrestle until the Lord takes you home. Get your wrestling shorts on, Ingrid, and just do some battle, right? I can see you're doing that, right? Getting ready. I'm picking on you. Austin, my, my son, he's one of the youngest. He's a teenager. Sarah, if she's here somewhere, you got to wrestle. You got you to be on guard because we're at war, flesh versus the spirit. And the, part of the reason why we have to war in the spirit is because the work that God is doing. God was doing something amazing to save the world while Joseph is pondering, was my wife-to-be unfaithful to me? So even when you don't understand it, even when you don't like it, even when you're so angry and so worn out from the fight, you got you to stay in the ring. And don't do it alone. We're teaching this to our children right now. We're saying, listen, we are a family. We love each other. And we are all Christians. We're all individual Christians together as a family. But don't, don't do battle on your own. Talk to us. Let us fight with you. Let us pray with you. Listen, we are a church family. Don't do battle on your own. Talk to us. 
Get it off of your mind, off of your heart, off your chest, so that we can listen to you, so we can pray, and we can wrestle together with Miss Ingrid over here. Amen? But we got to be doing this. It's a constant thing. And yeah, it gets tiring. But just, just know that God is fighting with us. Amen? As we continue to trust the work that he's doing. Romans 8, verses 5 through 7. It says, those who are dominated by the sinful nature or the flesh, they think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile towards God. It never did obey God, and it never will. Right? The Bible tells us that if we are led by our flesh, and we are living in our flesh and not following the Spirit who wants to lead us, then we're just going to be constantly dwelling upon sinful pleasures of the flesh. And what can gratify our sinful flesh now here in this life? And we've all had moments of that. Because it's the flesh. But if we, hour by hour, say, Holy Spirit, would you be everything in my life? Would you, may you possess me, Holy Spirit. May you have all authority in me. May the Holy Spirit outweigh my sinful flesh because I don't want to give in to the sinful flesh that I wrestle with every single hour of every single day, that I will wrestle with every single hour of every day until I'm home in heaven with the Lord. Until then, Lord, help me to focus on the Holy Spirit and his leading and his power in me and his work that he's doing for me and in me and through me. And I'm telling you, Satan will try to trip you up. He will try to get you off your game. He will try to cause you to let your guard down. It, it is a, a, a minute by minute thing. You see, God, God has great things that he's doing in every single person here. God has incredible things that he's, he's at work in and he's, he's setting things up. And you can be sure that that old devil is going to try to come in and just thwart that plan. And the only way that he can change the plans that God has for you is if you let him. So stand your ground and do battle. And even if you don't like it or understand it or even have all the answers like Joseph would have been in that situation, say, God, I'm going to trust you. And know that the Lord wants to speak into your situation where you are at, like he did for Joseph. But this is the daily Christian battle every single minute of every single day. And you need to know, my church family, that God right now is doing a deep work in each one of us. I believe that. Especially with this year. This year is almost coming to an end. And this year has been a year of great blessing but deep work He's been a, doing a deep work in each one of us. And I have a question. Have you felt the opposition? If you feel opposition, I believe you can take that as confirmation that you're doing what God is wanting you to do. I really do. 
but we all feel that opposition in our lives. We're trying to serve Jesus, and there's just constant pushback. Constant pushback. And then finally, when you feel a little bit of release and a little bit of rest, next thing you know, there's more pushback. But hold your ground and know that God is doing something awesome right now. We hear the confusion. We feel the opposition. We sense the constant struggle, and it's tiring, and we feel like, God, how can we keep doing this? But we trust the Holy Spirit that he is doing a great work. God told Joseph in a dream, he said, Mary, Mary. I like that sentence. Mary, Mary, take her. Don't be afraid to take her as your wife because this is of the Lord. And God spoke that word, what Joseph needed to hear. He spoke that in the perfect time to Joseph. And Joseph had to trust God completely. And Joseph did trust God. And Joseph obeyed God. And he trusted that God's plans we really were being unfolded through Mary and through Joseph. And the Bible says in Matthew 1.24, when Joseph woke up from the dream, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded. And he took Mary to be his wife. When God speaks to you, obey him. No matter how afraid or worried or uncertain or whatever you might be feeling, obey God when he speaks to you. So his plans can come to pass in your life. And some of us right now, maybe we're just thinking, man, bring on 2021. I just want to get this year over with. And I'm sure we all have feelings like that. But I believe, especially these next three weeks, as we're right now into the Christmas season, man, your flesh might just want to make you feel like just, you know, don't enjoy Christmas the same. There's too many regulations. I don't want to wear a mask at Christmas or whatever it might be. All the struggle of just this, this time. Don't let this Christmas season just get by without experiencing God's true peace. I believe he'll, he'll show us even greater peace and joy because of the circumstances. It, it's been a special year. It's been a, a deep year, and I believe it's going to be an even more special Christmas season going into this new year. So trust him. And if you're afraid, if you're angry, if you're insecure or unsure like Joseph was, just wait on God and let him speak into your situation in your life. And you will, you will see the work that God is doing. You will. Don't give in to, to that warfare that's all around you. Don't give in to that struggle. It's a good thing to struggle. You don't want to quit and give in, and, and you want to keep the fight. You know, when people say, I'm struggling with this, I'm struggling with that, it's like, good. It's a good thing you're struggling against it. You hear what I'm saying? If you're not struggling, then you're just kind of succumbing to it. And you got to keep fighting, right? But I want to, I believe this has to be the message that God gave me for this morning because... I didn't know this email came in this morning until I was done and ready for church. And my wife said, Matt, an email came through from Doug and Diane uh, Langman. And I want to read this, uh, this prayer that Diane uh, prayed for us the, this morning uh, for today's service. And it aligns totally with our morning and it aligns totally with the word um, based on warfare that we just heard. And uh, so I'm going to close with this, and, and then we're going to pray. But this is Diane's prayer. 
And she says, he reigns in majesty and love. Yes, he reigns. I'm praying for you, dear friends, praying that a mighty strong outpouring upon you this blessed Sunday morning. Release the warriors of battle. Gird the arms of the soldiers. Prepare the feet of the battle worn with new shoes of righteousness. Go before the soldiers. Give way to the battlefield. Call up the reserves and place them on stand, standby for the army of the Lord is being prepared for battle. Sound the trumpet. Call all men to stand guard and be prepared for battle. Let no man lay down his guard, for the enemy shall seek for such weakness as this. The enemy searches for the soft place, the vulnerable place, the opening that will give him access to the very heart of the warrior, bringing destruction to the warrior. Therefore, stand guard with the full armor of God, placed securely round about, listen for his leading in the battle. Understand and be prepared for the war which is advancing. Guard your heart against the false words and accusations of the ungodly, the testimonies of the unrighteous, and the lies of the enemy. The Lord says, I came into this world of darkness to bring light and hope. I have not abandoned nor forsaken my own. I stand with you in battle. I am your faithful covering, your protection, your strength, and your firm foundation, I am. He says, I am your faithful covering. Some of us need covering today. We need a hug from our Father. That's a covering. The Bible talks about how his, his feathers were, were hidden under the, the feathers of God, our Father. Amen? It's a safe place. And some of us might need a faithful covering from God. He says that I'm your protection and I'm your strength. Maybe you're weak this morning, physically, spiritually, emotionally. God is your strength. And you might say, well, I've prayed for strength and I still feel weak. Keep praying for strength. Keep asking. Keep going. Keep going. That's part of the fight. Just keep praying. Keep trusting. Hold on to that declaration of faith constantly. That's part of the fight. That's part of the battle. Amen? is constantly going to Jesus. And he says, I'm your firm foundation. There's been a lot of shaky ground in 2020, but Jesus has never stopped being that firm foundation. He will always be that firm foundation. Amen? So let's stand. I want to pray for you. Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, that you are our firm foundation, God. And I thank you, God, that no scheme of Satan can prevail against your people. Because, God, you are for your people. You are not against your people. And, Lord, we stand together as the body of Jesus Christ in this place. Lord, and we declare that victory is ours by the power of Jesus. Lord, I pray for victory right now in each person's life, God. The things that they have been waiting for. Lord, the prayers that they have not received answers to yet, God. Lord, the struggle against sin the struggle against discouragement, the constant fight, the constant battle. Lord, for those who are weary and worn out and tired here today, Holy Spirit, I pray in Jesus' name that your victory would come to pass in every single person here, God. 
Lord, we stand in authority together in Jesus' name, and we declare victory. We declare that even though it seems like it's just a bunch of hurt and pain, and even, Lord, people stabbing us in the back and turning their backs on us and rejecting us, God, even though it seems to be just a horrible situation, oh God, we believe that you are at work through it, God. We believe that the Holy Spirit is doing an awesome work right now, God, even though we don't see it, even though we don't understand it. God, even though we fight against our feelings and our emotions and our thoughts and all of these things of our flesh, we fight against our flesh. God, we thank you that greater are you within us, Holy Spirit, than the enemy that is in this world. We thank you, God, that you give us grace. You give us mercy, O oh God. Lord, you give us favor and love and you give us peace and joy. I pray the fruit of the Holy Spirit, God, would be at work in such a great way in each one of us, Lord. That, Lord Jesus, your peace would guard our hearts. Your peace would guard and protect our minds, Father. Lord, that you would prove yourself strong on our behalf, O oh God. I pray that every single person here would see victory today, would see victory tomorrow, would see victory through this Christmas season, God. I pray, Lord, for answers to come. I pray, Lord, for desires to be fulfilled according to your will. God, you are faithful. God, you are able, Lord. God, meet your people right now where they are. You see the need. You see the tears at night. You see, Lord, the lack of sleep, God. You see the pressure, God. You see the struggle. God, you are aware of our situation, and we say that we trust you, God. We submit to your plan. We submit to your ways, God, your ways to be fulfilled in our lives, and we trust you, Lord. We trust you. So Holy Spirit, encourage your people, God. Lord, go before us, protect us, God, and be that firm foundation, Lord, that you said you would be. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to Matt Noel Ministries Sermon Podcasts. I trust you were blessed by today's episode. We'll see you next time. God bless.